welcome to episode 23 of season 2 of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. I'm your host this week, TJ Mills, and I'm joined by the absolute legend that's Robbie Mansfield. How's things, Robbie? I'm good, TJ. Yourself? Uh, good, thanks. Thanks a million for coming back. I didn't discourage you last week anyway. I was touching go. I was touching go, man. <laughs> <laughs> and even that fair chat there didn't discourage, so thanks. Uh, no, I had one finger over the... Uh... Leave, leave the chat, uh, you know, but I think you just, you pass the test just in, just in time. <laughs> I know, uh, I know, I, I push the limits at times. <laughs> he does, he does. Uh, yeah, we begin um, uh, with, uh, actually, I forgot to ask you, how was your week? Sorry. Yeah, it's grand, just kind of busy, gyms opening back up properly, and yeah, just men who really trust. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, uh, you know, Good to be back, but then it's all like it's like you know, oh God, it was kind of it was kind of handy the last few months as well, though you know. I suppose you just have to get back into the routine and get back uh, into the swing of work and that, you know. Yeah, I know definitely. Yeah, I, I understand completely where you're coming from. Um, they are you noticing kind of the the kind of the Christmas or sorry the post Christmas buzz in the middle of the summer, if that makes sense. That you have an awful lot of people going into the gyms. That you know won't last two, three weeks. Uh, I just a few people kind of joining up, kind of new people and stuff. But um, in general, it doesn't really seem like anything like in terms of like you know New Year's or anything like that. Because it's yeah, as you're kind of saying, it's a strange time of year, and usually the summer is kind of quiet. Like June, July, August is is kind of you know a fairly quiet time in the in the gym world, and then it kind of gets back going in September till Christmas, and then kicks on again in the new year so it you know it's kind of kind of steady enough but it's not like crazy busy you know because people want to be yeah. you know outdoors and they're probably out in beer gardens and <laughs> enjoying all the other stuff as well so everything like the the gyms aren't the only thing that are just back open if you know what i mean so they have competition from the pubs i suppose yeah after the lockdown to be a d- kind of a different six pack yeah yeah different six pack to go for yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we move on to the European Championships began on Friday evening. Um, sorry, gone blank there. Turkey and Italy. Um, did you get a chance to watch that game, Robbie? I've only been watching, honestly, just bits and pieces of the games. Um, yeah. I've been kind of following the results. Um, you know, kind of. I suppose the group stages are kind of just kind of feeling, feeling each other out and that sort of thing. But. Um, yeah, honestly, I think that it was a lot of people were saying Turkey would be good and uh, Italy had a very convincing win against them. So uh, fair play to them on that. And, you know, I'm kind of sad to say like that England getting a win today against kind of Croatia, a big team. You know, they're the kind of team that thrives on confidence. I know we make fun of them a lot of the time for uh, not making it out of the group or they, they never really do as well as as they should do with the, the talent pool that they have. But um, I suppose like after after the World, World Cup, they played really well, although they kind of had an easy side of the draw. And they got a win today and they're playing, you know, Scotland and Czech Republic. So, you know, to get another win, they're through the group. And, you know, the whole English nation is going to be getting behind them, you know, the way. So could be worrying times for uh, Irish soccer fans if uh, England get going, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know that's very true. But they kind of, like England, not to make fun, they kind of flatter to deceive. They can get results like that. And especially that game today was in, I, I won't lie to you, I missed it because I was watching uh, Camogie and GA and that. But um, 
that game being in Wembley as well, it's when they kind of get to the knockout stages, I think, mm-hmm. big test. And listening to things during the week, England seem to have been practicing penalties for the past two years. Um, they're they're kind of doing it as part of their after training and that, and they're running kind of leagues and competitions. So they're kind of Southgate's putting out all the full stops. Um, can't really move on without mentioning the unfortunate incident in the Finland Denmark game last night. And thank God there's great news that Ericsson's making a great recovery, but kind of really puts things in perspective, doesn't it, Robbie? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, I was thinking anyway, like if that had happened to him at another time, you know, it might have been too late, you know, like, so yeah. it's just in a way it's kind of great that he was like in a stadium full of people with all like medical and paramedic guys, they're ready to kind of jump in and uh, yeah, kind of worrying times, you know, you kind of, you kind of see the scenes of the players on the pitch and everyone is so is so distraught, you know, and they're, they're, you're kind of thinking the worst because of stuff that's happened in the past. Um, yeah. So, like, thankfully, he's kind of, he's awake and he's, you know, he's he's seems to be stable and doing good, you know. So, hopefully, um, I think his kind of football career, they're saying, might be done, though. That's the, I suppose, obviously, you're saying put it into perspective. Um, and obviously, him being alive is the most important thing. But obviously, if he can never play football again, that would be pretty devastating for him as well. Yeah, I was out walking um, this morning and I was listening to the radio and it was it, there was, uh, I can't think of the person's name, but he was one of the cardiac doctors over in London and he was on about the screen and that the English players, um, not the English players, but the players that um, participate in the Premier League and across England and that. And they're saying that those players are screened every year. So it's very strange that something kind of did happen them last night, but... Um, thank God he's after making the full recovery. And if his career's ended, it's really unfortunate. But thank God um, his life is spared. That's the most important thing. Um, does it, not to drag off topic, but does it kind of raise awareness that people should be learning kind of life-saving skills? Yeah, like um, kind of working in the fitness industry. I've, I've done like first aid and defibrillator training like loads of times like you, you kind of do it like just regular kind of um occupational first aid and you do um i do life lifeguard training and stuff like that as well and you know it's kind of been bet into me and thankfully you know touch wood i've never ever had to use it and hopefully i never do but um yeah i kind of think every time i kind of do those courses i, th- I feel like you know everyone should be doing this it should be like a you know everyone should be should be taught this in schools and colleges and all this sort of stuff because you know that could be the difference uh like a first aider could potentially save someone's life um or give them a better chance of life you know so i definitely think and i think i know in the u.s they have got like much much greater availability of like defibs and stuff like that so um so i think you know definitely i think we're, we're we're typically 10 years behind the u.s on a lot of things um so it would be great if we made a great leap forward with all that stuff you know yeah, no, I'd I'd agree completely with you. I would have trained and um, doing basic paramedic training years ago in my early teens in civil defence, and um, I refreshed it as a CFR, and it'd be one of the things that we would have outlined in that it should be done in schools. Being honest, I know we're going off slightly off topic here, but 
Um, hopefully that more awareness will come from the incident that happened last night. Thank God um, Ericsson's making good progress. He's awake and all of that. That's the most important thing. But um, yeah, I think education in schools would be really important there um, because you never know what could happen. Um, just going back to the soccer, Belgium defeated Russia last night, Robbie. Uh, Belgium's kind of dark horses even though they're number one in the world an awful lot of people are writing them off for the European Championships they're going towards say uh, Portugal, England, the likes of that did Belgium lay down a marker last night or is kind of Russia poor enough side that you'd be expecting that result? Yeah I think like Russia have a strong team every so often but um, yeah I think like Belgium have like some of the best players in the world at the minute and they've got you know, one of the best players in the world in De Bruyne. Uh, like different people would have him at different levels in terms of how good he is compared to everyone else at the minute. But, um, you know, when you have him in your team kind of, you know, spraying the ball around and you've got Lukaku who's kind of had a resurgence at Inter in terms of form and, you know, got solid defence and uh, Courtois, I think he's the goalkeeper still. Um, yeah, so I would think, I think in the, in the Euros, like anybody can kind of, do well because they're all good teams like in the world cup you get a few turkey teams in there that are like you know they're they've like if you say like maybe new zealand or whatever they make it to the world cup and like these guys just aren't at the same level you know as the other nations and stuff but in in the european championships every team is competitive and every team will have will be you know in a position to to win a game in other way so um and the groups are all going to be pretty tight I would, I would imagine um yeah, but definitely Belgium. I think Belgium won't have any fear of playing anybody. You know, they play against the best players in the world at club level, and you know, just a matter of just putting it together. You know, it could be it could be their year. You know. Yeah, I know. I I definitely wouldn't disagree with you there. I think the caliber of players that Belgium have is immense, and I mean, even you look at the likes of Portugal, they're yet to play, and everyone's right enough the Netherlands as well, which is really strange the superpower they used to be they're playing ukraine actually at the moment um this being recorded on sunday evening um we're chatting last week about our favorites for the tournament has any result kind of changed your opinion or would you be sticking with who you predicted um yeah i think you know probably france are the best team in the tournament but they've got a really hard group germany and portugal in there so you know, any any of those three could obviously any of those three. One of those three isn't going to get through. So, yeah. And the two teams that get do get through will be kind of, uh, I think, be kind of favourites really. Um, Spain, you know, could do could do well as well. Um, I just think the only result so far that has maybe kind of uh, taken notice is really just the I suppose the England game, just at the back row of Croatia, and. You know, they you know play Scotland and Czech Republic, who they they would fancy themselves to get you know two results against. You know, so I think I think they could do well. Um, so I think they're going to uh, better than I thought they were going to do. That's the only thing I can say. <laughs> yeah, I know definitely. And yeah, the one thing about it's just after popping into my head there is England has to play uh, one of the Germans or Portugal or that if uh, France right. as well. So that's the way I just heard it, that that's the way the last 16 to go. But you never know. I mean, um, Southgate may may have something up his sleeve, but there are kind of questions about his team today. But Croatia are no slugs either. Um, yeah, we move on to the rant of the week. And yeah, um, 
I take this one this week, Robbie, and it's kind of one I'm kind of going through at the moment, but I won't personalize it. Um, when you're applying for jobs and you get no reply, or if you go for an interview and you get no reply, or you're left waiting age about it, um, I think it's kind of unfair on the employee. Now, I'm not saying it because personally I'm doing it at the moment, far from it. Um, I would have studied in HR and would have done um, HR functions in uh, previous employments and that. And I always try to, um, what would you say, try to keep the the job job seeker up to kind of up to date with the progress of the recruitment campaign and that but i find that every time a recession comes in now being honest i was only ever in two the same as anyone in their 20s or 30s but it seems to be an employer's market that there are more job seekers compared to jobs but yet Every time you hear that there are questions about, say, the pandemic, unemployment payment or any social um, social welfare payments or that employers are saying here, we can't get staff, things aren't, but yet they don't seem to be a fair shot. Is that an unfair comment, Robbie? Um, yeah, I think like, you know, that's, that's maybe a whole different kind of uh, topic in a way. But um, yeah, just to kind of touch on that one, because you kind of mentioned it, like if someone's in like a low paid job, you know, and they're like, they're looking at like, say the PUP, PUP payment compared to going back to work and doing, you know, more than likely pretty crappy hours. Um, you know, I suppose like the temptation is to be like here, you know, I'll just stay on the pub because I can, I can do whatever I want and I'll still get the same money, you know? So I think, you know, you could you could turn it around and say to the employers that they should be maybe paying people better to kind of, I know like small businesses and stuff can't, you know, afford that, but, you know, maybe bigger bigger businesses could. Um, but in terms of like, you know, the HR stuff, like kind of getting back to you, I think, you know, because they, they have everybody's kind of email, everybody who's kind of applied for the job, they have them all on email. Um, so it would, it would cost them very little time just to send everyone an email back, just to say, right, we've filled the position blah 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 and you know and it would be great if they were to give a little bit of feedback um obviously nothing that's going to be you know get the person too down hard which is just maybe like a little bit of feedback of you know maybe if this area was improved on or maybe we just so we decided to go with a candidate because of x y and z and that you know maybe if you wanted a job like this in the future you could kind of maybe look at getting that into your cv and stuff so i definitely think that no matter what, if you apply for a job, you should be gotten back to, you, should be, you shouldn't be just left wondering, you know, for ages and ages, are they going to get back to me? Is it this week? You know, maybe if I give it one more day or just keep checking your email because it could get a bit like um, stressful and a bit head wrecking if you're kind of expecting an email on a certain day and you don't get the email and you're just kind of constantly maybe re- refreshing your email and stuff like that. Uh, and it will just kind of drive you a bit nuts, I suppose. Yeah, I know I can't disagree with anything you said there, Robbie. And um, yeah, in regards to say, um, the poor conditions that some staff have to work under as well. I mean, hospitality can be can be tough at times. There are some great employers there, but like everything, they can be some poor as well. And um, I won't, I I would never personalize it about anything or anyone. But I just, it's just something. It came to my attention there during the week. But th- you, sorry, Rob. 
I was going to say, I think the majority of people do want to work though. Um, because yeah. like before, like the first recession, uh, in 2008 or 2009 or whatever, we were at full employment. Um, so there wasn't like a, like when there was plenty of jobs available for people, everyone was employed, if you get me, apart from like, you know, maybe 3% of people, which is like the long-term unemployed and people who were just between jobs who were transitioning, that sort of thing. And then coming up to, uh, pre-COVID, uh, like we were, I think we were at full employment or pretty much near there again after being in a recession, you know? So I think in general, people do want to work. Um, but you know, I think, I think in general, we have a good work ethic in this country and people do want to work, but if people are kind of, you know, getting the same money sitting at home as they would, if they went out to work, you'd have to say that there's like a disincentive for them to actually go back to work, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I know. I, I'd agree with your point there. If father always said to me, um, there was an old man he knew and he said that work wasn't invented for money. It was to ease the mind, in other words. So it was to occupy the mind. And um, I think that'd be the, well, that's that's the mantra I'd go by. And I think, as you say, the vast majority is there. I think there's kind of a stigmatism that it, it still hasn't gone away that, people are looked down on at times that they don't want to work but you never know anyone's personal circumstances at all uh before we get too dragged down there anyway robbie uh we move on to ga and camogie uh fixtures that took place over the weekend and um the dubs came up short against wexford yesterday uh dublin coming up against antrim in the leinster championship will confidence be down after that 25 pounds sorry 25 points to 118. Uh, that was in Wexford Park, a really tough place to go, though. Yeah, I think, like, you know, uh, like playing in Wexford Park is kind of, whether it's like football or latest football or camogie or hurling, it's like, it's always like a battleground sort of place. Like, you know what I mean? It's, you always, like, if you get a result down there, you kind of earn it. You know, it's always quite a, uh, you know, it's a tough place to go. And there's like, there's many kind of grounds around that are kind of like that. But, um, yeah, I suppose like, you know, teams in order to do well, they have to take the kind of the losses as well. So, yeah, I imagine that they will kind of, you know, pick their heads up and, you know, have a right rattle off kind of antrim and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, I suppose like it could it could affect their confidence, you know, to a certain degree, but um, hopefully not anyway, from a Dublin point of view. Yeah, I know. I can't disagree with you there. Uh, Leash uh, suffered a defeat to Antrim yesterday, 2.23 to 1.22. I watched that game. It was actually a really good game. But as you're mentioning about venues that are hard to go to, Corrigan Park in Belfast is really becoming a fortress up there. Antrim defeating Clare in the opening round of the league. Uh, Drew with Wexford and really put it up. Or sorry, yeah, drew with Wexford and uh, defeated Leash, a team that would have beaten them uh, throughout the years there yesterday. Leash be facing Westmead now in the relegation. Uh, another game yesterday, Robbie. We won't dwell too much, um, too much on the results, but Clare defeating Kilkenny four twenty to one twenty five. Um, Clare really finished that game strong, and Clare. There's not really a good omen around the the camp, nothing to do with the players or management, but it's kind of the setup of the county board. And that will Clare take great confidence out of that out of that win over Kilkenny. Um, was it? Well, was it matches today as well? No, sorry. 
I'm just oh, they were, yeah, they were, yeah, sorry, yeah, um, they were, sorry, the games today, Galway and Cork, and Watford tip Westmeath Limerick, actually, Westmeath really put it up to Limerick in that game, scoreline wasn't showed, but uh, Westmeath are, after putting in some good displays in Cusick Park, um, but uh, Clare be out in the Munster Championship in a couple of weeks after losing Tantrum. <coughs> Uh, could it be the dark horses come the latter stages of the championship replicate 2013? Are we talking about hurling or camogie here? Sorry. Oh, sorry, hurling. Hurling, right? I was like, don't make camogie. No, sorry, hurling. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was confused there. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I think like if in Munster, like any team can really go ahead and win it, you know the way, but um. Yeah, yeah, as I said, they kind of had a rocky start, uh, kind of getting off there against Antrim and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I think like with kind of Tony Kelly there, they have a chance of kind of beating anybody. But uh, like Munster is just so strong at the minute. Like they've just got, it's just so competitive. Like Cork are after, after coming back up. I know they didn't kind of maybe finish that well in the league. Uh, obviously Limerick are Ireland champions and Tip are, you know, going to be gunning for to get another Lee McCarthy and stuff like that. And Waterford are kind of uh, doing really well. So, <laughs> like, you could throw a stone at any of those teams and, like, say that they're All-Ireland contenders, really, you know. So, um, yeah. it's really great kind of place for Hurland to be in, in Munster. It's really competitive. Yeah, I know, definitely. And you mentioned Cork there. Yeah, they, they're after, the kind of the wheels are after coming off of the cart slightly there. They will be hard to beat, but... Uh, Galway defeated them three twenty five to two twenty three. That game took place today. Uh, Limerick uh, defeated Westmead three twenty six eighteen points, but that's an unfair scoreline, um, for the effort that Westmead put in. To be fair, and Watford defeated Tipperary. That could be class as kind of a shock in a sense because Tipperary were really going well three twenty one to two twenty nine. Uh, do you think the slow start could be kind of gone out of Watford's system and they could be there thereabouts again? Yeah, they're looking good and they're you know they're kind of seem to be kind of doing really well. Um, and like you know, it's hard to know. Like we kind of said this before about the league and stuff like that. You know, um, in terms of you know, because I think like uh, Galway had like a huge kind of points difference as well. So you'd wonder how hard kind of Tipper were kind of going at it or how hard any of the teams have been going for any of the games, you know. But um, definitely, I think Waterford are kind of coming into form at the right time for kind of championship uh, and Galway and kind of Limerick as well. So, yeah, I suppose, I suppose like, I think they'll kind of feel that they didn't really do that well in the All-Ireland final last year and they maybe have drought to prove a point again this year. Yeah, yeah, I know, definitely. Um, some of the big football games over the weekend would have been classes a real mouthwater in Thai Dublin against Donegal yesterday evening. Uh, Dublin won 118-114. Kind of Dub- Dublin were more comfortable than the scoreline shows. Will anyone beat Dublin this year, Robbie? Uh, yeah, Kerry probably will. We've <laughs> 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 got Clifford, he got 6.22 in the league. Uh yeah. You know, he's just looking unreal. And Kerry are just really, like, going for teams and just, like, you know, really trying to kill them, essentially. <laughs> They're yeah. just kind of, like, getting goals and, you know, hammering teams. And I know they kind of played Dublin and kind of Dublin, you know, probably should have won that game. And, you know, Kerry showed great character to come back. Um, I think they are I think they are the form team in the country. And 
whoever beats them will probably beat the All-Ireland champions, I imagine. I don't think they're going to have any sort of slip-ups, you know, like they did against Cork last year. Uh, and if a team beats them, you know, they're going to earn it. Like, and, you know, like Dublin's uh, dominance has to come to an end at a certain time, you know. <laughs> All great things come to an end. Um, I think this, this Kerry team could be the ones to do it. Sorry, yeah, there, Rob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry, man. When did I cut out? Sorry. I know. Uh, I won't lie. I missed your on about. Um, you don't think anyone whoever beats Kerry will become All Ireland champions? Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. That was basically my point. <laughs> yeah, whoever beats them is gonna they're gonna earn it, and um, yeah, Dublin's dominance has to come to an end at some point, and yeah, it's probably gonna be this Kerry team. I, I think. Yeah, the the joys of Zoom actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just one point to that, Robbie. Um, you're mentioning about uh, Clifford scoring six twenty two, and it's absolutely phenomenal. And six fifteen yesterday to one fourteen. The worrying thing about it, though, and just slight argument to your point there: Will Kerry get those chances come the championship? Do they need to? Like, I mean, they won't be able to score I say more than three goals in the championship if they get three goals they have a great shot but they won't have those opportunities against the likes of Dublin as the league match showed so are they kind of did they have too easy a league could they be caught I, I know you're saying they won't be caught like Cork again but could a bit of what would you say um complacency come into it or was the Cork match last year the best lesson they could ever have gotten like I think it's a great lesson in, put, in putting the team away, which they kind of really seem to have learned that they kind of, when they have the foot on somebody's throat, they'll just kind of, you know, they'll keep pushing. Um, and like, take nothing away from Cork last year, that was like a brilliant Cork defor- uh, performance and it was like pure grit and heart for the 70 minutes and it was a really great defensive display. Um, yeah. But I just think that, you know, when, you know, Kerry playing Cork this year, Kerry will be ready for that better and, um, you know, They'll keep they'll keep Cork at a kind of a, a greater distance, I suppose. They'll try and um, score more early and get Cork to come out of their shell and stuff like that. I would imagine that's why that's what they're kind of seem to be kind of going at teams early and trying to kill off the game early and stuff. So um, yeah, I think like in the month shouldn't have any real problems in the Monster Championship. I'd say Tipperary if they play Tipperary will kind of give them a good game, uh, a good classic uh, game of football, uh, and they like. They'd have to be really lucky. Like Kerry would have to have a really bad day, and Tip would have to have a really good day to beat them. And then you're going into like an All Ireland semi final. Then, um, yeah, they're not probably going to get the goal chances as you're saying um, against in a semi final or in a final. You would imagine that strong teams are going to come out of. Um, I'm not sure which way the semi finals go. Um, I know Dublin played Cavan last year, and Cork or Tipperary played Mayo. So I'm not sure the way it goes this way. Who plays who and stuff like that. Um, it's probably it's a lot easier to predict maybe how things are going to go with the classic uh, knockout system because you know like who's going to be playing who in semi-finals and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they're not going to get the chances. But you know, if you give them half a chance, they will exploit you to the fullest extent. You know. Yeah, I know definitely. Just a quick rundown through the other ones, not to drag on more. Um, Cork relegated Westmeath yesterday evening, three twenty-two to twenty-five points. That's in Division Two. 
and down relegated Leeds 219 to 112. Shout out to Offaly who are after bouncing back after a poor couple of years. They're going to play their trade in Division 2 next year after beating Fermanagh yesterday evening. And also, sorry, um, the Division 2 final, even though there won't be a final this year, and kind of the giant winners in a sense be Mayo and Kildare. Uh, Kildare got the edge over Meat and Mayo had a kind of a dogged time below in Cusick Park and Ennis, but defeated Clare 222-218. Uh, just a quick rundown through the Camogie Robbie um, when we're here. Um, it's an all Ulster affair in Division 2. Antrim defeated Meath yesterday. Meath um, defeated Kilkenny last weekend, 12 points one eight, And down defeated Wexford, 18 points to two ten. I won't lie to you, that is a really big shock because Wexford, that's Wexford's senior team in a sense. They got relegated and they really ran through that league um, undefeated and they, they put up some amazing scorelines as well. Um, the semi-finals uh, the Division 1 Camogie took place in Nolan Park today where Kilkenny were pushed all the way by Tipperary 3-12 to 19 points Kilkenny scored 1-6 at the end and a Denise goal penalty and a Katie Nolan goal um, sealed the win there but Tipperary would really feel that was one that got away from him and Cork uh, sorry Cork suffered a 2 point defeat to Galway after extra time so that sees Kilkenny taking on Galway in Croke Park next weekend and it's brilliant that 3,000 supporters will be allowed into that league final. Um, that's the GA and Camogie roundup for this week unless you have anything to add, Robbie? Uh, just a shout out to Wickel there who uh, bet Cavan or who relegated Cavan. Um, you know, it's it a great, uh, great win for, for Wicklow as for Wicklow football. It's kind of been down for a long time. I think they could potentially play Dublin soon and Dublin playing Dublin in, in Ockram Possibly, you know, in Ockram, as we were kind of mentioning about difficult uh, GA grounds, Ockram yeah. is hell on earth for visiting teams, you know. So I think well, Wicklow would really love that to happen. They would, they would um, and hopefully get some fans in there as well. They'd really love for that to, to be the case, I suppose. It would be uh, a great day out for them. Um, and, you know, obviously it's hard for teams, you know, like having to keep going, like in like winning Ulster and stuff like that, and then keep going again in the league and stuff like that. So, yeah, they'll come back up. They'll should bounce back up pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, fair play to Wicklow. Yeah, I know. Fair play, Robbie. I actually watched that game. Um, I was flicking through a lot. Actually, the GA go this year is brilliant. They had a package that you could see all the games that aren't on television for €25. Euro. So I was flicking through and I was watching that game. So fair play. I completely forgot about it. And yeah, it's delighted to see the, a team like Wicklow bouncing up. That would have been one of their biggest wins since I say Mick Wire was there. And yeah. uh, and just uh, as well, the Galway-Monaghan football game was kind of, uh, watched a bit of that, went to extra time. And Monaghan won it with the last kick of the game in the, the second half of extra time. So that was uh, probably one of the games of the weekend now. And uh, fair play to Monaghan. Yeah, I know, um, Seamus McEnany. I mean, the if you could bottle the commitment and energy he has, so that <laughs> that is uh, unreal. That would be a real disappointment to Parik Joyce now um, because they suffered a real heavy defeat to Kerry and it kind of would have been a game that they might have seen, but as I was saying, uh, Seamus McEnany team is always hard to beat, so fair play to Monaghan there. And I don't know if you've Robin. seen the picture. I don't know if you've seen the picture of Seamus McEnany. He was sitting in the stand and he had like a he had like an old Nokia phone 
in his like <laughs> in his shirt pocket <laughs> and it's just like the the caption was like uh you know i didn't know that they even still made those phones but there you go uh seamus <laughs> mcneeny as well <laughs> fair actually i never thought of that yeah seamus mcneeny would have a touch a touchline ban like um desi farrell and um the car i i know the cork manager is back sorry but yeah. like Desi Farrell because of breaching, yeah. But I know I didn't see that, but it'd be, it wouldn't surprise me. Like he's just yeah, he's real old school. Yeah, and to be fair, he did do a, a fair enough job with meat. I mean, it's, I mean, it was kind of tough times or in transition. But I mean, um, it wasn't really a fair reflection of his management the the time in meat. But yeah, fair play. Uh, we move on to the picks of the week, Robbie, and I let you take it first this week. Uh, your picks for this week. Yeah, so I'm going with a, a music choice this week. Uh, I've been kind of picking Netflix and Disney stuff. Um, so I've gone with uh, Sound and Fury. It's an album by uh, Sturgill Simpson, and he does kind of like kind of country, kind of blues stuff. Um, but this album was actually nominated for Best Rock Album at the at the Grammys. So it's kind of, you know, it's not like rock, rock, heavy rock or like that, but it's kind of like real kind of up-tempo uh, sort of Americana style stuff and a lot of really good songs on there uh, and he, he has loads of great albums some of them are a bit more countryish. some are a bit more bluesy than uh, the other so he has he has a nice kind of range of stuff within his own music if you know what I mean so and I'm a huge yeah. fan so uh, yeah Sturgill Simpson uh, check him out yeah I know definitely it's a good one uh, he talks have... a lot about drinking and uh, doing drugs and stuff as well, just as put a <laughs> warning for the, the younger listeners. Yeah, I know. I think at this stage, younger listeners shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I won't discourage, but uh, uh, we just give a warning there in case we get given out by your parents. Uh, do you have a second pick for this week, Robbie? Uh, no, I'm just actually been actually mental busy this week, too. Uh, no, absolutely. <laughs> I've been so crazy. I haven't, like, I've been kind of like sitting down in front of the TV at night and I'm just like, oh, I just want to go to bed. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, just got, that's why I went with the music when I hadn't really, hadn't really picked that. And um, I just kind of, yeah, as well, just kind of follow on from previous week. I'm just kind of watching a bit of NBA highlights and stuff like that, but uh, nothing too exciting anyway. Yeah, I know, fair play. I, I know that feeling now. Um, so I know, fair play for um, that pick this week. Yeah, I'm going to go with two old TV shows. Um I, I really enjoyed their two English TV shows. One's called Man About the House. It's on ITV. And the other is a classic kind of a follow on from it. It'd be kind of based around the same thing as Only Fools and Horses called Minder. Um, George Cole was the, the main character in it playing Arthur Daly. And I can't think of his minder's name terry's real name but he's a terrific singer and he sings the team tune to it as well so yeah they're two real kind of old uh man about the house would be kind of from the 60s 70s it'd be really cheesy um mm-hmm. would have been um a preemptor to uh george and mildred if you ever saw that either it's cheesy but kind of really enjoyable it's about uh, a laddie sharing a flat with two women which would have been kind of looked down on back then. Um, so, yeah, it's really good. And Minder, it kind of says for itself, um, it, it's kind of similar to Tony Fools and Horses. He's a trader and kind of a bit of a gangster, as you say, in Ireland as well. So um, two mm-hmm. shows on ITV that would be worth and on the ITV player as well. Yeah, sounds good. 
And yet we move on to another topic. This one I had in my head for a long time. Um, Peter Kay has a brilliant sketch on it. Um, it's on YouTube about misheard song lyrics. Um, he has about a 10, 15 minutes set on it and it's absolutely hilarious. It'd be worth checking out. So the question, Robbie, is did you ever say do a karaoke, get up to do a song and then you realise the lyrics are completely different to what you had in your head? Many a time. <laughs> like probably like, yeah, like loads of times, like, um, you know, been kind of listening to a song and kind of, especially on like some, some kind of artist to kind of like, you know, they kind of like mumble a bit of the words or they kind of say it a bit, bit oddly. Um, one of the kind of most famous examples from my childhood was not me. It was actually my sister, uh, my older sister. She was uh, listening to uh, the TLC song and it was uh, Chasing Waterfalls. Yeah. And <laughs> she thought it was Jason Waterfalls. So she, was, she thought it was uh, Don't Go Jason Waterfalls because she thought like, oh, he was going somewhere and, and someone didn't want him to go. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of a good one. And probably one that I'm probably a bit ashamed to admit was um, the Brian Adams song, Summer of 69. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the initial, just the initial line of it is I got my first real six string. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was something completely different. And it's very embarrassing. But I thought it was, I had my first real sex dream. You're after stealing one of mine and it would have been <laughs> the exact same. I, I yeah. had it in my head and yeah, I would. I, I was actually singing it. Do you know what? Come on in the pub and you're scuttered. And yeah, yeah. Well, my first <laughs> real sex, sex dream. <laughs> yeah. And I <laughs> know oh, it's actually, yeah, you're after robbing one of mine, but fair play to you. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, happy that someone else <laughs> someone else was thinking the same thing because uh, I thought I was like way out there uh, with what I thought it was yeah <laughs> yeah I know definitely that would have been uh, yeah one I was really embarrassed about and it was actually only when do you know the film your vision I was on about the Will Ferrell movie um, mm -hmm. do you know ABBA um, Waterloo there, yeah. was, there was a line in that um, at Waterloo or no sorry um oh what's it i defeated you and i thought they were singing i defeated you wonderwall so i was thinking here they must have been fans of oasis when they were about two <laughs> two months old or something uh but yeah, yeah it, it's actually the real lyric is you won the war so i was thinking to, i was singing that as well you'd be you won the war yeah you won the war um yeah i can't really think of another one um Actually, the, the Bon Jovi one would have been, and I'm kind of cheating here because, uh, actually, uh, another ABBA one, because I'd be kind of a closet ABBA fan that uh, I used to have a radio show of a Saturday, and it'd have to be about one or two ABBA songs in it, and I used to get fierce slagging for it. It was kind of a mixture yeah. of 60s up, but um, do you know Dancing Queen feel the beat from the tangerine? I thought it was tangerine instead of tambourine. But, uh, yeah, oh, that's pretty. That's not like too embarrassing. <laughs> um, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Are you very different? Yeah, <laughs> your rhythmics either. Do you know sweet dreams are made of these? Uh, yeah, I thought they were saying made of cheese. 
So, <laughs> that'd be a good song. And like Sweet Dreams Are Made of Cheese, just let everybody know. <laughs> On a toasted sandwich, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I'm sure that like this, like I would even be singing words, singing lyrics to song, and like not actually fully, you know, knowing what they are a lot of the time. So. <laughs> yeah, I know it's gas, and you can kind of see there used to be um, karaoke on in Kilkenny. Hopefully, it comes back. I never got up. I won't lie to you. I only sang karaoke once, and that was about twenty year ago. I was only thirteen, fourteen, like. But um, you see them inside and they're kind of stunned because it, it was in Kilford Arms and in Biddy Early's as well. A shout out there if they want to sponsor a product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you can kind of see people getting up and they're saying, what the hell are those lyrics like? But yeah, I know <laughs> it's actually worth checking out the Peter K video. I don't think I done it just as you did, Robbie, but it's worth checking out on YouTube. Miss her. Yeah, check it lyrics. out. And yeah, I say you should get a laugh out of it. There's some really, really classic ones there. Um, that brings us on, if the misheard song lyrics wasn't funny to the listeners, the bad jokes definitely won't. Um, <laughs> definitely so, <not. laughs> so I let you go first this week, Robbie. Uh, what do you call two Mexicans playing basketball? I haven't a clue. <laughs> one on one. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, love it, love it. I'm kind of stealing one part of my next joke. It's only uh, a small bit, but what is Forrest Gump's email password? Don't know. One Forrest One. <laughs> That's good. Well, never you saw that... it... Sorry, you never seen that film? No, what? never saw it. No, never. Oh saw man, it. you're missing out big time. Come on, you have to watch that. You're kind of, it's kind of embarrassing because anytime someone would say it to you, you kind of, yeah, I know, that's a brilliant film. Like it's on TV the whole time. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, I'm very, I don't know, I'm brutal. Um, Actually, the best Tom Hanks film is, there are two of them, The Green Mile, but did you ever see Sully? Uh, No, I haven't seen Sully, no, but I heard it's really good. Yeah, I'm not a huge Tom Tom Hanks fan. If I'm really really honest, I don't really like him. But yeah. I love Saving Private Ryan. That's one of my favorite movies all time. And like he's in some good movies, and he's a decent actor. But like, uh, I'm not that big of a fan. I'll just be honest about it. Never I haven't seen Castaway. I haven't seen Castaway. I know that's probably like you know everyone's like, oh what my god, but I never seen Castaway. Well, surprise, surprise, I never saw a Castaway or Saving <laughs> Private Ryan, so no surprise. Oh, man, you have to watch Saving Private Ryan. It's, like, made in, like, current glow and shit. You have to watch <laughs> They were an adult version of that Saving Ryan's Privates, I think, were they? Yeah, I'm sure you've seen that. I've... <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> and no, sure. that isn't a bad joke. That isn't a bad joke. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think it's your turn, Robbie. Yeah, uh, so just when we were talking about our top picks of the week, I was kind of wondering uh, what kind of music that fish like. And then I realized it was catchy music. <laughs> they get hooked on it. Yeah, hooked on it, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Don't set you off on your puns. <laughs> I know, actually, if you, if you have any good fish puns, uh, let me know. <laughs> I will. I won't be cutting anyway. No. <laughs> uh, what do you call it when Batman skips church? I don't know. Christian Bale. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. 
I actually have another Batman kind of theme joke, but I'll save that for another time. Um, so my final joke is actually one of my favorite jokes that I heard this week. And I just, the second I heard it, I was like, I definitely need to have this one on the podcast. So my nan, she got uh, one of those electric uh, chairs fitted into their house. And then I asked her if she liked it. And she said, oh, it's driving up the fucking wall. <laughs> I like it. Brilliant, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kind of caught between the... I have two here. And I'm kind of torn between them. I won't lie to you. They're both awful. but um, <laughs> Go for the most awful one, then. Uh, yeah, it really takes guts to be an organ donor. That's true. <laughs> That's the worst one now. <laughs> it's actually it's it's actually true though, to be fair. Yeah. Um yeah, I it or no, sorry, you gave the last one. Sorry. Yeah, we put oh, that oh sorry. Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. Oh no, uh, do you have another sorry? No, that's my three. I'm done. Oh perfect. Yeah, I was just gonna say we put that out to the Instagram viewers to see who wins that i know i won't because my ones were terrible but i think well, if there's any justice you shouldn't have won that one, to be honest. no I think my jokes are pretty good i know they were they were so, <laughs> no arguments here this week um yeah i know that's what you get for doing them last minute so <laughs> <laughs> and as any of the friends that declare i'm always like that so uh yeah we move on to the world sports roundup and i think you have some nba news robbie yeah, just NBA. Um, so, always the best way to put this. This is like, say, the quarterfinal stage to see who wins it all, if you get me. So, yeah. the winners of these games will play in the West, uh, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference final. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the Clippers, they were down 2-0 in their series. Um against the Utah Jazz. Now, we had two games in Utah, and Utah won both of the games pretty convincingly, and then they went back to L.A. to play a game. Now, uh, the Clippers had lost three of their last, or three of their last four home games uh, in the playoffs, so it's not exactly a, a stronghold they were kind of going home to, and uh, they managed to actually blow out the Utah Jazz, which was kind of a big win, and then they've got another game against the Jazz. I think it's on... Monday night or something like that. So then if they win that, then they go 2-2, and then they go back to Utah. Uh, so that, that that kind of series could be heating up. And the Clippers, they were they were 2-0 down in their last series, and they came back to win it uh, 4-3. And they've got some really good uh, talented players as well. So that's kind of a series to kind of be watching. And another one is kind of – it was kind of like shaping up to be like a bit of a, a blowout and like that um, – the Brooklyn Nets were going to uh, sweep uh, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks. When sweep basically means that they win all the games in the series, so it would be like a four nil uh, win. Um, and yeah, the kind of the Brooklyn Nets have like an all star team. They've got like really really good players, um, and they won the first two games pretty convincingly. And then like uh, James Harden, who was like an MVP, I think a few years ago, he plays for the Nets and he got injured and he had to go off. And then they went back to Milwaukee to play a game and Milwaukee Bucks won. And I think they've got another game in Milwaukee coming up. So they could go two, two all. And then the Brooklyn Nets have are missing one of their best players as well, kind of going into the last few games. So, you know, from a, a convincing kind of uh, commanding lead, they could uh, end up possibly getting eliminated, you know, but I suppose... The next week will tell a lot more. 
Yeah. I know, I, I definitely must check it out. I, I love basketball. <laughs> this I is the third saying, week in a row where you're saying you should definitely know, check it out. I know, I <laughs> know. I need someone, I need someone poking me with a stick saying, here, do it, do it. Um, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, because I just get distracted, like, um, but yeah, that's me. That's why I just never say any films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just another thing in kind of uh, sports and kind of American sports. Um that the kind of training camps are kind of going on in the NFL. So like all the kind of the starter players, um, was it, did they say this last week about the training camps? I don't uh, know if no, they did anyway. I don't think so. No. no. Yeah. So basically at the start, of, at the very, like in the off season, they have optional training camps and, uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's a quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. He wants to leave. He wants out of Green Bay. He wants to go somewhere else or he wants to get a big fat contract. Uh, so he didn't go to the optional uh, training camps, which he does always go to, but it's no big deal if he doesn't go to. And now there's like mandatory training camps and he hasn't showed up. Um, so basically it's going to cost him, I think it's going to cost him like a hundred grand a day to not go to training camp. So <laughs> there's not many people that could probably afford this, but uh, Aaron Rodgers can. Sure. I'm yawning here. I'm not yawning at them. <laughs> or sorry, the NFL. But uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I mean that's it. Just shows it. Does that take the fun out of sport? Honestly, I mean that when you can afford. I mean, Jesus, you be you couldn't even consider that. And I don't mean to be bringing everything back to the GEA, but just seem to be. I mean, a hundred thousand is nearly what three, four years' wages for someone. Yeah, like it's crazy money, and it's like you know, it's <laughs> it's a whole different world. Uh, you know, but Aaron Rodgers he gets like forty million a year, or thereabouts. You know, and he makes a lot of endorsements and that sort of stuff. And he he reached recently uh, was a guest host on Jeopardy and stuff like that. And just talking, he might even take Jeopardy. The Jeopardy gig full time if he doesn't go back playing he could just retire and not and not go back playing football um, yeah. but that's like an ongoing saga I've kind of been talking about it for a while and uh, it just seems like Aaron Rodgers he's dug in and he does not want to play unless they give him exactly what he wants God I know it's just a different different world completely I don't know yeah, what totally. to say Robbie I don't know what to say <laughs> um, yeah the, the world sport this week that I have is the Irish ladies hockey team unfortunately um, crashed out of the European Championships they were defeated by Holland in the first game the world champions and they bounced back with a 1-0 victory over Scotland and drew with Spain, and they defeated Spain in the World Cup semi-final uh, two year ago. Um, kind of really unlucky to crash out there. They went up um, early in that game, but Spain showed how strong they are. And even though they drew, uh, Spain went through to the knockout stages of that. So Ireland had a chance then to make a qualify for the World Cup to by finishing fifth. And they came up against England on, I think it was, sorry, it was Friday morning. And yeah, they were defeated by England 5-1. A really disappointing uh, defeat there as Ireland went up early in the game as well. Um, So they have a qualifier next month to see if they can qualify for the World Cup. Um, And it'd be a real disappointment after the success of the last one. But I hope they will. Uh, because they're a great committed bunch. They 
also have the Olympics to look forward to this year as well um, after defeat in Canada two years ago. So hopefully they can bounce back with victory in the qualifier for the World Cup and also do well in the Olympics. Um, do you have anything else to add, Robbie, or will we move on to your mystery topic this week? Yeah, oh yeah, we'll just uh, we'll crack on. And just on the hockey, I think, you know, Holland are like, I think they're the best team in the world. And England are really good as well. So, you know, they kind of had a lot of tough games in there as well. So, you know, I suppose like the results maybe didn't reflect, you know, how good and how strong they are. And hopefully they kind of bounce back and qualify. I know, definitely. I know that's really... Uh, Ireland are missing a few players as well. No excuses but uh, uh, by saying that, but I mean, England and Holland. I mean, Holland are the experts at it and um, kind of the, what would you say, the infrastructure around the games as well. But um, fair play, I mean, to to do what they've done, uh, you have to be really proud of them. It's just disappointing because... Um, you feel the players deserved more from it. Uh, but anyway, Robbie, we move on to your mystery topic this week because uh, I haven't a clue what it is and I'm scared <laughs> what it's going to be about. Yeah, so I'm not really even sure what it's about, to be honest with you. <laughs> but um, it's basically this thing is called gain-of-function research. And it's basically where they take a virus that is maybe just infects animals and then they kind of manipulate it so that it infects humans. Uh, and they, what they, the kind of the whole purpose for this is medical research and they kind of, it's so that they can potentially deal with kind of future uh, pandemics and, you know, so they can try and get ahead of the curve. Um, so basically what I was going to try and talk about with you is, do you think it's worth the risk? Because obviously the downside, we all know what the downside probably is, is the downside is that this can get out. And, you know, if they like, say if they were to, you know, create like a super, super virus, you know, like, you know, zombie style, some or whatever, and that gets out like, and it could have just potentially have, you know, not happened. Um, so I suppose my question, do you think it's worth the risk to be messing around with uh, viruses and making them infectious humans? I honestly, I can see the benefit. I, I can see the benefits of doing it. I, I won't. Yeah, like I'm not saying there's no benefits, or I'm not saying yeah, but I'm just saying. Do you think it's worth the risk? I I genuinely don't know after what's happening. Uh, after happening the past two years, or sorry, the eighteen months. Um, because I, I I'm not going to libel myself here or anything. It's well out there. <laughs> They are kind of questions being asked. The minute I heard of the coronavirus, I would have said straight away that it escaped from the lab, from a lab. I won't lie. That is the first thought came to my mind. I said it to people in work. Here, I think this virus escaped from a lab. Um, and I mean, listening, say, to the G7 that took place, they're on about planning towards the next pandemic and all of that. So, and they're hoping to develop vaccines within three months, 90 days. So if they don't know what their, what kind of consequences or what viruses could come up, how can they start planning to develop vaccines? Like, and vaccines seem to be the only way out of it. Um, so, like, 
you, you wonder at what cost it would be, Robbie. I, that'd be my only concerns on it. I mean, if if this coronavirus, and I know we weren't chatting about it for a while, but when we're on about, or we said we wouldn't chat about it on the podcast, but if they were kind of testing the coronavirus, the SARS-CoV-2 in a lab, and it did escape that way, you look at the the consequences of it. I mean, millions of people are after being infected, hundreds of millions of people. Um, there's, what, a couple of million people after dying. dying. But then you look at the, the fallout from it as well. Livelihoods were destroyed. Um, and it's kind of a catch-22 because they need to do the research. But it's the consequences if things go wrong. And I I don't know. I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion on it, Robbie. I won't lie. Yeah, I think um, they were just kind of tempting uh, fate <laughs> yeah. as, uh, you know, as a species, you know. Yeah. It's like, what could we possibly do to just fuck everything up? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I've seen 12 Monkeys, that movie, where like, uh, a guy, I think he he actually on purpose, and I'm not saying this is happening or whatever, but uh, a guy on purpose creates it and he, he goes, travels the whole world and infects everybody. And then it's this whole big apocalyptic situation. You know, I suppose maybe I've watched too much sci-fi stuff and I don't really know the actual you know risk to reward ratio. But um, to me, it seems pretty messed up. And I don't think it's worth the risk, to be honest with you. I think, you know, if something is to happen that is bad that we can kind of do our best to kind of stop it um without kind of like tempting fate by creating potentially you know crazy super viruses or something like that you know the way so but you know it could would, would be very typical of the human race to do that though so yeah I, well i suppose an argument like if you look at the the vaccines that are after coming out and thank god i was lucky to get them and i'm really really grateful but sorry <clears throat> but if they didn't do research or weren't doing anything they wouldn't have been able to develop them as quick and you listen to i mean i listened to an expert from australia i i, I won't lie and i said it a few times there was a nerd about it the minute it came in i really got clued into it i watched every possible angle on it and you had experts saying that it could be 10 years it could be the most likely scenario would be 18 months and if you consider 18 months since last march you're talking about what october or roughly about october this year or around that september october and so science is after getting ahead thank god so maybe it's a situation that they have to do the research and all of that but like they are concerns i mean they they, they are a saying and i know i'm paraphrasing it you don't mess with nature because nature bites back like i mean you look at you look at say global disasters that could have been kind of I kind of done away with if things weren't tempted. I mean, um, they'd really have to be high protocols. What I'd be really concerned about is every life is valuable. How are they going to test it on humans? I mean, I know there are challenge trials for um, vaccines for the coronavirus, 
where people were kind of putting themselves forward to get infected in a controlled environment um, to be infected with the virus. Um, now, I don't know what way they were doing it, whether you get... Uh, yeah, sorry, obviously you get the vaccine first and then you, you be infected with the virus. But, I mean, what 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 kind of cost would it be on life? I mean, you you have people volunteering to do it with a virus they don't know what the consequences could be like. I mean, they could lose their life and... I mean, is one life invaluable in the kind of, if you look at the entire mankind, like? Yeah, I suppose, like, if someone's volunteering for that, like, that's on them, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and yeah. I suppose, like, if, if like, the, this this sort of research is probably being done on at a cellular, le- cellular level, you know? So yeah. it's not like you're kind of actually affecting anyone directly, but obviously there's a potential for it to escape. And, you know, you have like a Resident Evil type situation where the whole world becomes zombies and that sort of thing, <laughs> uh, which would inevitably, inevitably happen. Um, but um, yeah, so it's like, that's kind of, it's more the risk of it getting out into the general kind of population or like someone brings it home or that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, like, I know, like I'm, I acknowledge that there is benefits, you know, it's like any of these sort of any sort of like risky you know scientific behavior. There's obviously like a, a payoff in the end in a way. But um, yeah, I'm gonna stick to my guns and say I don't think it's kind of. I think we you know maybe should be pursuing other avenues uh, for health and wellness and disease prevention rather than you know making super viruses. Yeah, I know, definitely. I'd agree. I mean, it's it's just after the past year. I mean, no one went through... I mean, no one went through this in their lifetime. I mean, there's... Yeah, there's a few people that are centurions at the moment, and thank God they're lucky. They're still here, and, I mean, they're after living through, say, the Spanish flu around the 19... It it was I think it was shortly after the first world war around that time the Spanish flu was out and I mean I don't think there was much tampering with nature this was a nat, nat, natural sorry um kind of uh, bacteria I don't think it was necessarily a virus I stand corrected on that if I'm wrong but I mean I think there's too much tampering with nature and I know scientists that's their job to go out but maybe with the likes of the Pfizer and um, uh, CureVac and all of that that are using kind of mRNA technologies, they may not be as much of a an onus on tampering with nature as much because they're able to create kind of, kind of sink down the virus to find out the parts that they can target with vaccinations and that. But yeah, I'd agree with you completely, Robbie. Um, I think I'm after waffling enough anyway. But. <laughs> I'm sure that's what we do. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I know it was a brilliant topic, Robbie. It was a really, really was. And um, I think one final point, I think science at times can scare people too much. And I think there's a lot of that going on at the moment with the variants around the, the virus and that, that, every every variant they they're kind of not telling people that virus that's what viruses do they replicate and they can be variants to them 
and some are kind of benign and others kind of maybe a bit difficult but that's the the course that viruses take so even though science is trying to do good at times i think they can be slightly scary at times as well that people don't need to be aware of anyway uh if you're happy we move on to the highball yeah the highball Okay, so uh, I won't lie to you, I didn't put much thought into this because I was lazy, but it's kind of along the lines of what we were chatting to before. And the question I have, Robbie, if you could invent one thing, what would you invent for the crack? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I think I'll just kind of bounce it back to you and why you kind of get me some ideas flowing here. I won't lie to you. I was hoping you'd say to give me ideas. <laughs> um, go on, go on, go on. Yeah, I, I, there was one thing. This might sound really stupid, um, but do you know open fires? Yeah. I was often thinking about if you could have a system that you could have the fuel kind of going into the fire automatically. So you'd have some sort of tank somewhere that you could fill up with the fuel and let it go into the fire and it do especially in a wet winter evening when you're going out trying to fill up buckets of coal because we're traditional in our house we have stove and fireplace all of that maybe not economic or sorry environmentally friendly um and not economically friendly now with carbon taxes or that i was kind of thinking along that um i know a clone they're available are there kind of at the moment but i think i'd like to kind of clone myself as well kind of have someone that um to deal with situations that you don't want to deal with um, <laughs> especially say dates or something that you place you don't want to go but you could kind of send the clone and you know what to do like but maybe you just tie back in for the fun stuff exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> all gain no pain oh yeah <laughs> I've actually thought of something, and I think this could actually, this could revolutionise drink culture in Ireland, I'll be honest with you. So, you know, like, when you go out for a night out, maybe you go out into a new town or whatever, I think this is on what we were talking about uh, last week about, you know, making a home from the pub and, like, plan your kind of, uh, your way of getting home. But this could be a system, right? Now, it'd be solar-powered, so the carbon footprint would be would be zero, would be minus uh, carbon basically robots and what they do is they kind of they go around the town and they locate drunk people (laughs) drunk people that you know like they're not getting home let's be honest like this these people are probably going to end up in a ditch (laughs) or worse or you know sleeping in you know some strange house or getting locked up or something so basically these robots will come along nicely and neutralize the drunk person, maybe with some sort of sedative. And then they would just kind of bring them back to their house and, you know, put them into bed. And then, you know, they'd wake up the next morning and to be safe, you know. So, you know, this could, you know, maybe this could revolutionize uh, drink culture in Ireland. So, um, you know, I'm open to, you know, we were talking about scientists here. If any scientists want to get in touch with me and we can just go through like the blueprints, you know, I'll just be the idea sort of guy. You know, any sort of problem you have, I will come up with an idea and then it will be your job to fix it. But, you know, I'll be the idea person. That is brilliant, Robbie. I'm actually... <laughs> <laughs> oh. You could catch on. 
I'm actually into hysterics laughing here because that's brilliant. Like, it was just popped into me head straight away, Robo Garda. Like, I mean, yeah, that'd be, that'd be really good. I think, you know, having them around uh, the parade there on in Kilkenny on a night out there, uh, he'd do savage work, you know, the way. And obviously, he'd be able to take multiple occupants and stuff like that, you know, the way. So, maybe you just like need to come up with some sort of a. Uh, like a watch or something that has like a barcode on it that you just uh, the what the robot just scans it and then we'll bring it back safely. <laughs> and it would also it would free up the guards to do some like you know real police work. You know they don't want to be dealing with people who are like pissing themselves on the side of the road. You know, so there you go. Oh, that's brilliant! I know it does. Will he? Will he also get the Supermax? Or um... oh yeah, should it be complimentary kind of Supermax? Or like it could just be like a, you know, the the injection could be like a sedative, but also give them like the all the kind of mood boosting hormone effects that you would get from Supermax, you know, and kind of the calorie needs and that sort of stuff, and even something that could help with the the hangover, take the edge off. Yeah, yeah, I know they were they. I'm actually Googling here at the moment. Were they developing an, a kind of a a substance that you could take that gets rid of all the alcohol out of your system? Kind of it's all fun but no pain. Um, well, I, I used to train I used to train a nurse uh, or someone who used to be a nurse. And she, she said that after a heavy night on the sauce, when they went back into into work, they would hook themselves up to uh, an IV uh, yeah, and pump, yeah. pump themselves full of fluids. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think they were actually saying that there's somewhere in, in Vegas, it's like a truck that goes around and will give yeah. you like a, an IV that will help you out. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say it. Yeah, it's uh, called a hangover bus. I think it's uh, between around, I think it's around $140. Now, it was never in Las Vegas, but... I looked it up and yeah, it's actually meant to be the job because you're you're hooked up to an IV drip, given all vitamins, everything that needs to be or needs to be given. And it's kind of sent you up to go on the lash again. But it's kind of would you pay maybe 90 to 100 euro to sober up to get pissed again? I'm sure some people would. <laughs> I mean, that's, people are... Oh, sorry, Rob. No, I was just going to say people like who are, you know, maybe in their 30s and 40s and stuff like that, you know, don't really take hangovers as well as, you know, maybe 20 year olds and stuff like that. So, you know, it could be, could be a market for the older people. Could be Robo Garda again. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, but that used to traditionally be the cure in Ireland, though. You get a big fry up and then go on the lash again, like. Yeah, it, it is actually, no, I haven't really done it that often, but, um, the cure, the real cure is three drinks. <laughs> That's probably like the worst advice. <laughs> the agio are probably fucking doing or nothing right now. But um, yeah, like by the, by the time you have, uh, you know, this isn't recommended to anyone. This is medical advice or anything. But you know, like I have found through my own research, shall we say, that by the third drink the next day, sure you're laughing. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I... I mean, I used to be able to do the cure. I won't lie to you. I, I find it a real struggle, Robbie. I won't lie to you. I, yeah. uh, I think a pint of water, a pint of water when you're going to bed. So you have it to when you wake up. 
And then what you need the next morning is you need calories, you need probably breakfast roll, do the job, and uh, a big bottle of Luxate Sport. Uh, that that typically works, and plenty of tea, plenty of tea as well. Get that into you. Yeah, I I'd be kind of a skeptic on the pint water. I would have done it. I won't lie to you, but um, yeah, I was at an event a few actually. I was stall stars a few year ago, and uh, an ex girlfriend of mine. Yeah, she wasn't from Ireland, and so a kind of an Irish session was. Even though she was living in Ireland for a while, a kind of she never experienced a uh, a real severe session like and. Yeah, she was drinking pints and then pints of water, pint, pint of water, pint, pint of water. By the end of the night, it was all pints like, and yeah, I think that's why we broke up because. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was funny. So yeah, I'd be kind of skeptical on the pint of water slightly, but. Uh, but just by the bed for when you wake up in the morning, so that oh, when you wake up, you've got. That's what I was on about more. Oh, more sorry, so. sorry, sorry. Yeah, I know I sang correct. Did you ever, actually, and it happened to me, and I won't delay here. Did you ever wake up after a real heavy night out and you're so thirsty that you're actually dreaming that you're taking a drink of water? I remember I was in, I was after a stag party. I was in a hotel, in the hotel bedroom and there was no water in the hotel bedroom. Um, oh, Jesus. And I had to go down to the, the breakfast buffet <laughs> and I was there probably sit I was standing there for like five minutes in front of the cranberry juice fucking horsing into me <laughs> oh yeah and uh, um, I think I think fun. after a while I kind of sobered up a bit I was like I should have a bit of breakfast and then I had a breakfast I must have been in some site to be honest with you but uh, I had a bit of breakfast and went back to bed for a while Oh, it's not as bad, actually. Liam, I think Liam mentioned it on podcasts here before, but I was at a Mokra event in Watford, and yeah, I know I got um, got absolutely balubas at it. I won't lie to you. It was after a breakup and all of that, so I just went on the lash. But I went down to the breakfast next morning, still absolutely steaming. Liam had to drive my car home, but I fell asleep actually on my breakfast at the table. The waitress had to come over waking me up. And, oh, God. Yeah. But I still let the breakfast after, I won't lie to oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was embarrassing. It was, and you couldn't go for a cure, and I had a meet, meeting that night as well. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's a topic for another day. Real rough sessions, actually. So yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you have any more, Tad, Robbie, are we finish up for this week? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that, I think I peaked at the robot idea. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> it'll be all yeah. downhill from here. I know. I, I I'm still laughing about that robot. It's actually brilliant. I would have had a thing in my head about kind of they're kind of inventing it at the moment. You know, Tesla kind of self driving cars and all of that. I think they'd be dead yeah. for. But I, I have a feeling there'd be some rule there that you kind of have to be sober behind the wheel that you won't be able to kind of bring me home car kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, just hop in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that robot to bring you home, that that was brilliant. And uh, whenever I get uh, whenever I get a heap of money again, I will invest in that anyway. Because yeah, we may, was, maybe we just kind of maybe send a quick email to Elon Musk. And just kind of pitch the idea, and we'll go from there. Yeah, you could say Tesla when you're pissed at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
go. Uh, we'll work on the name. We'll work on the name. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> uh, it was a pleasure, Robbie. And I think after this week, you won't be back. <laughs> I know. I'll definitely back. Always, always good fun, good chats. And uh, I think we made some real breakthroughs here today. Yeah, I know. Actually, I'm just watching here. Ukraine are after equalising against Holland. Holland were two 0 up, and my God, Ukraine are after really. Sorry, I'm getting distracted there again. Uh, yeah, I know definitely breakthroughs. And if we don't solve the virus crisis around the world, our future virus crisis will solve the drunk drunken crisis anyway. Without the drunk tank, but, which is uh, a real pandemic. Let's be honest. Oh, definitely. We might even get a song out for Fairy Tale of High Street or something. Yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pleasure, Robbie, and thanks a million. And uh, yeah. yeah, before we go, if anyone wants to link up with us, we love hearing from you on our Facebook or Instagram. And fair play to Robbie's doing Strojan work on the Instagram. And um, every day on it, I just send the hysterics laughing, and I hope you are too. So until next week, thanks a million, Robbie. Take care. Have a good week. Be good. And chat to you then. Have a good one, Teach. Good luck, man. Good luck. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, 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 bye